Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajara Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I, I think they, they have to you know, pull the trigger and make that happen. Um, I think that Trevor um, brings so much to the table. I think he's not only is he a, a great athlete that has um, an incredible skill set, but he's also a very mature young man that has been in a lot of big moments. I think that really helps. Um, I think that helps with the pressure. Um, I think coming, um, you know, having the chance to possibly come to a place in Jacksonville that will be super excited to have him. Um, and 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 really, um, as a city, bring him in with open arms. Tim Tebow talking Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean, listen. Despite what the national folks are going to say about Urban Meyer, obviously, it's kind of the narrative right now of being a Jaguars fan, where it's like it's us against the world, really. You know, and listen, I'm not going to say that the despise or the dislike for Urban Meyer is not warranted because, listen, I, th- I can see both sides. So if someone's got a problem with Urban Meyer, so be it. You know, I think once again, and I'll reiterate myself, I think he was probably the best option in terms of a coaching candidate, at least the most exciting option. So let's see how it pans out. I'm still intrigued. That hasn't changed. Now some optics have changed since he was been hired. Let's be honest. We all know that whole thing. We're going to bring it back up again. But, uh, I'm intrigued, and I think overall, and like I don't have like you know I don't have a poll or anything. I probably could put a poll on Twitter, but let's be honest, I'm, way, I'm doing way too much right now on the show. I can't do the poll as well. I think that most Jaguars fans are still intrigued and excited um, for Urban Meyer because we got a couple of things on the on the text line here, the, the chat line, whatever you want to call it. We should get that sponsored one day. Stream chat. Stream chat. Oh yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah could call stream chat it's like right in front of me well i don't ever really watch like the youtube video part you know like i'm just yeah i'm on twitter all the time yeah, so I don't no, see it. yeah but we got a couple uh exam we got a couple uh ideas here for when urban my release he's gonna he's gonna sign a new free agent we can call it urban warfare which i'm not mad at or meyer madness that's the m word i was looking for way better than meyer missiles i think you agree yeah all right, let's go ahead and pocket those ideas. Let's talk to our corporate offices. Let's talk about branding, and we'll go from there. Thank you to Ryan Smith for the suggestions. You get no credit for it, obviously. You're not going to get a cut of this promotional thing, but we appreciate it anyways. Action Sports Checks, ESPN 690. I'm Austin Lane, joined by myself and Coos pushing all the right buttons. Brent Martineau on vacation. And if you want to be part of the conversation, you want to talk some Urban Meyer, you want to talk about some mock draft, we or talk about really whatever. We can hang out with regardless of anything you want to talk about today because I'm steering the ship here. Feel free to call in 904-362-9901 or dial star star 690. I think we got somebody on the phone lines right now, Coos. We got Steven on the line. Steven, how are we doing today, man? You want to talk some mock draft? Uh, doing pretty good, man. How are you? Uh, I'm just trying to survive right now, man. Just trying to survive, but so far, so good on the show. Uh, first of all, I want to wish your son a happy birthday. He shares my birthday, too. Well, then, so Stephen, happy, happy birthday, my friend. Oh, and the best part, we share the birthday of one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, the Nature Boy. Just a bunch of Nature Boys calling in the show today, man. I, I appreciate it. Right oh, on. Good timing, Coos. I know, Coos uh, on fire today. Steven, well, well, hey, before the question, man, let's get into it. Like, you got any plans for tonight? You going to celebrate? Anything cool? Uh, Just a family get-together. I mean, you, you turn 34, I mean, 
It's just another year. <laughs> Join the club, man. I'm 33. And as depressing as that sounds, uh, it couldn't be any more than the truth. So, yeah, you're absolutely right there. But what, what question you got about the mock draft, I think, who's told me you got a mock draft question. Okay. Um, basically, uh, of course, Trevor Lawrence, number one. But at 25, I, I wanted to get your opinion because I'm still, you know, doing my due diligence on trying to beat you at Shock Your Mock. I like it. I um, appreciate it. Now, I've done plenty, and some have Trevon Moore there. I would definitely take him. Yes. Christian Barmore is there. I would probably take him if Trevon was already taken. Sure. But my question for you is, if Christian Barmore weren't there, would Aleem McNeil stick out to you? Or the third-best cornerback on the rating, maybe J.C. Horn? So Okay, uh, two great questions. So let me jot these down quick. So you got J.C. Horn, and then you got Aline McNeil, who we talked about before a little bit. All right, Stephen, thanks for calling in. So as far as McNeil's concerned, you know, th- there is a, there's a couple people out there that think McNeil is maybe like the second best guy or maybe might be the, the first, bit, you know, the, the best guy in terms of position in the draft. But I think with McNeil, you actually might be able to get him – in the second round with that pick, you know, so I wouldn't rule that out because the way Kuiper's and once again, I mean, this is just one mock draft and listen, we, we don't have the right answer. We don't have all the answers right now. These things could change um, before you know it, but I feel like McNeil is a guy that you can get in the second round. Now to answer your question about the cornerback position, I'm glad you asked that one because I hope people are listening right now uh, because this is going to come into the, to the shock your mock segment, if you will. The Jaguars have a lot of pressing needs. And yes, I think cornerback could be one of them. But a first-round pick at the cornerback position, I am not sold on. That's one position that I don't want to see addressed addressed in the first round. Now, maybe second round, sure. Third round, why not? But they invested in C.J. Henderson for a reason, right? So you kind of got to see this through. Now, is he going to be the next Jalen Ramsey? Well, it's going to be a pretty tough mountain to climb to say the least but i'm willing to give him another season and see you know i always say this all the time on the show you make your your most progress from your first season to your second season so this is going to be the year and regardless of it's covid or whatever the case may be regardless of how many preseason games this will be the year that cj henderson either makes the strides or he stays stagnant and it will tell you all you need to know about cj henderson right so with that being said, I'm going to wait on the first round pick at the cornerback position unless, you know, I mean, there's there's a guy there. And honestly, like, I haven't even really evaluated a lot of cornerbacks, to tell you the truth, just because, you know, it's just it hasn't really crossed my mind in the first round. But you got Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech and then obviously J.C. Horn might be the top guy, too, as well. Um, Mel Kiper actually has Caleb Farley going number 15 to the Denver Broncos via trade. And then he's got J.C. Horn going number 16 to South Carolina. So, you know, if they're even there, time will tell. But I would focus more on the interior defensive line or the safety position because those, to me, are like the two needs that jump out on paper. There's a lot of needs, obviously, but interior defensive line, safety, the two needs on defense. And I broke it down a little bit, and I want to get back into it real fast here, and then we'll kind of wrap up this this mock draft segment here with Mel Kuyper. The whole 3-4 defense thing, right? And and people, I can't reiterate this enough. 
And in the, in the next couple segments or so, we're going to get into some free agents. I'm going to talk about Leonard Williams a little bit. I, I'm going to tell you who the Jaguars need to go after. Not who I want them to go after. It's who they really need to go after. No questions asked. Because they have the money. Urban Meyer's at the kid in the candy store right now, and it's his birthday, and he's got like a $5 bill. He's like, I want this. I want that. I want this. That's how I want Urban Meyer to treat this free agency. Make a splash, man. You only get one chance to make a first impression. You might as well bring some big names to Jacksonville. Leonard Williams, perhaps. You've been here now Allen Robinson. Chris Godwin, if he doesn't get franchise taken. There's a lot of guys out there that I want to see, you know, the conversations of, well, the Jaguars are interested. So we'll break that down here in a little bit. But to wrap up the whole mock draft segment here, Christian Barmore, to me, in my opinion, he's the guy that is the obvious pick. If if the draft pans out how we think it's going to you know pan out. Now, once again, Kyle Pitts could fall. Jaguars could trade up. But when you got Kyle Pitts going number four overall, Mel Kuyper, like that leads me to believe, all right, teams are really falling in love and infatuated with Kyle Pitts. We'll see. You know, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if he falls out of the top ten. If that's a possibility, then the Jaguars could maybe branch up there and get him. But let's assume right now for the sake of the argument that Kyle Pitts is gone. And let's go back to Christian Barmore. Like I said, he's a guy who has played all around the defensive line. And when you're watching film or if you're watching a game of a defensive lineman, it's very telling how athletic they are, um, really how talented they are when a coach schemes in terms of moving around the field. Now, what do I mean by that? I think of a guy like J.J. Watt, his really his second year in Houston when he had, like, monumental numbers, over 20 sacks, really, you know, caught stride and became an all-pro. If you watch J.J. Watt that season, that guy was all over the place. He was playing a three technique. He was playing a five technique. He was playing in a seven technique, and then in the pass rush, he was playing a nine technique. Like, he was all over the place. Like, you didn't know where he was going to line up. And you know why? Because J.J. Watt's that good. And when you're that good, coaches give you the keys to the car and say, all right, man, where can you beat this tackle one-on-one? Where can you beat this guard? Like, what do you want to do? It's almost like it's almost like a collaboration, if you will. And that's kind of the sense that I got with Barmore, where it's like, man, we got something special here. Like, he's strong enough to play a nose technique. He's athletic enough to play a three technique. And if we need him, he can beat him on the outside and play defensive end a little bit. Like, that's what I like out of my draft picks. Versatile guys, especially in the defensive line. That's what I'm looking for. And Barmore is that guy. And I think when you're talking about a defense right now who I'm not sh- – listen, I wish I knew. Maybe I'll text Joe Cohen one night and say, hey, well, Coach Cohen, it's Austin Lane. Long time no see. I'm going to need that uh, that new playbook and of what kind of scheme you're running because I got to know. Are you guys going to be a traditional two-gap, three-four defense or will it be some kind of three-four hybrid? Regardless of that, though, like I've mentioned before, you're going to need your guys in the middle. Right, Avery Jones, we'll see what they do with him. They bring him back. Devon Hamilton, I like. I think Devon Hamilton could be a starter for a long time in the NFL. I wholeheartedly believe that. I think he showed a lot when he was in. Obviously, he sticks out because he's got a linebacker's number, a defensive tackle. I like what I saw from Devon Hamilton. And once again, I can't reiterate this enough. Devon Hamilton, two-gapped a little bit in college. So he knows how to do it, right? Some of that two-gapping is what got him drafted that high in the first place. Because once again, what I just say, it's the versatility. 
So I like Devon Hamilton. Do you bring back Smoot? I'm not sure. Can he gain a little weight, play interior? Obviously, I think he's too big to be an outside linebacker. What do you do with him? Adam Godsis, you know, can I think he's a free agent. Do you bring him back? A lot of questions right now. But here's how I see it shaking out. Let's assume Devon Hamilton has a fantastic offseason like we assume he's going to have. He makes strides. Starter. Perfect. Okay. Let's put him. You know what? And he, he can probably play nose, but let's put him at three technique. Let's bring in Leonard Williams. Put him at three technique. I think Barmore is so versatile in what he does is that he could easily play nose technique in a 3-4 defense. I think you can teach him that. And if you got Barmore, Devon Hamilton, and you'll say, you know, for the sake of the argument, Williams, I'm not mad at that. Now, obviously, you have to add depth here, there, there, but I'm not mad at that. That's a start. You can win with that. And then you have Josh Allen, Caleb on Chase on the outside. I think you got something there. But once again, it, it all comes down to what the scheme's going to look like. And here's what I want you know the audience to really focus on here because eventually it'll it'll get leaked out or like eventually there'll be a press conference and we'll get a little more or eventually maybe i'll be at practice and i'll and i'll say it myself what they're trying to do a traditional three four defense and keyword being traditional you're going to need a lot more defensive tackles you're gonna need a lot more depth there because now you're talking about three defensive linemen in a base defense if it's some kind of hybrid if it's a three four under then you can get away with two defensive tackles. Or you can get away with three, but it's going to be a different kind of – just trust me, it'll be different. So that's what I, that's the phrase that I want everybody listening to look for. Traditional 3-4 or a hybrid. That's going to tell you exactly what the draft may look like. That could tell you what free agency is going to look like. And the sooner we get that information, well, the sooner it's better for me because obviously I just want to know. I'm dying to know. It's like it's like the next movie trailer coming out. When are they going to drop the trailer? When are going to tell us what kind of defense they're going to play? Let's be honest. The Jacksonville Jaguars are in no hurry to release that kind of information. I don't think Joe Cullen is either. I'm just waiting for that first practice that I can show up and say, ah, this is what they're trying to do. That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully I don't get banned because I don't know. I mean, I got banned from the press box, so maybe I won't get to go to practice this year. We'll see what happens. You know, I, I think Joe Collin can get me in there, but we'll see. Cause you go on training camp this year, or are you just chilling behind? I want to. You want to? Yeah. Get, get a credential, man. Yeah, I got to figure that. that shoot part some. Uh, sh- I mean, we got we got time. You know I what I'm know, saying? But yeah, but yeah, you can like shoot some media for the show and stuff like that. Why not? Yeah, yeah, get some video. Although I might post something and not realize I gave something away. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that can always happen too. Hey, listen, I, I want to change topics a little bit. Cause you've been hearing about this Isaiah Wilson. Stuff that's been transpiring? Probably not. I mean, it's kind of been uh, it's been on the bottom of the barrel in terms of newsworthiness, but it's funny. This story got actually brought to the headlines from the morning show. And by the way, if you don't know, I'm doing a morning show, which is more of like a celebrities, pop culture, stuff like that. You can listen to that on 95.1 WAPE from 6 to 10. It's awesome. The hours are fantastic, but we get it done. But with that being said, I actually found this story out due to the call sheet that they sent us this morning. And Isaiah Wilson, for those of you that have been keeping tabs of the Tennessee Titans, and let's be honest here, the AFC South, it's been a circus, spearheaded by the Houston Texans. And then here come the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they make the wrong hiring in terms of a performance coach, and now we're in the bad optics as well. Then the Indianapolis Colts come out and bring Carson Wentz, and some people are saying, oh, that's bad. And I think it's a good pickup, but some people disagree. But the AFC South right now, like, get your popcorn ready. Everyone's talking about it. 
But who's been the quiet ones? Who's been the well-behaved boys sitting in the corner? The Tennessee Titans. Coming off of another playoff run, coming off of a you know a, a, a division uh, championship, if you count those, the Tennessee Titans have been spending this entire offseason just kind of chilling, hanging out. And then Isaiah Wilson goes, you know what? Let me go ahead and dip my toe into the drama pool, and let's go ahead and put some bad light on the Tennessee Titans. And I'll be honest with you, everybody, if you're a Jaguars fan, you're here for it. Isaiah Wilson, former uh, – I mean, I shouldn't say for yeah. Well, he's, he's a former Georgia Bulldog, um, has had a rough time in Tennessee to say the least. Whether it's injuries, he's kind of had some falling out with some coaches. Like for lack of a better word, the guy hasn't found the field, and it's crazy too because at Georgia, I mean, all things considered, heck of a player, big dude. Um, I think the Titans were really, like really happy to get him, but for whatever reason, whether it's his partying on a yacht that occurred it's just he's downtown in Nashville during quarantine time. Like Isaiah Wilson has not done himself any favors to finding playing time in the Tennessee Titans. But it all came to a head, supposedly. And this is according to NFL Update. So take that for how you want. But from A to Z Sports Nashville, and then and I quote, an emotional tweet is the only latest in a long list of offenses by Wilson that ultimately landed him on the non-football injury report in December as his team attempted to win the AFC South. Per sources, Wilson had begun to sour on the situation in Tennessee after not receiving, and I'm going to slow down for this, everybody, to catch up a little bit here. I know I read fast sometimes, and I repeat. Wilson had begun to sour on his situation in Tennessee after not receiving a customary birthday message from the team via their social media accounts earlier in the month. Wilson's, Wilson turned 22 on February 12th. The relationship with Wilson and the Titans appears to be in maximum decline, and this is by A to Z Sports Nashville. So you mean to tell me in Isaiah Wilson, and listen, I don't, I'm not sure, I, mean, I don't know Isaiah Wilson, all right? I mean, I know of him. I've never met Isaiah Wilson before. But you mean to tell me the former first-round pick out of Georgia, supposed to come in, um, kind of anchor down that offensive line for the Tennessee Titans, play a physical brand of football, is now fed up with the team because they didn't wish him happy birthday when it was his birthday. Kuz, and listen, I take the player side how many times? But I feel like I'm taking crazy pills right now. Is this the most insane thing you might have ever heard in terms of an NFL wanting off a team because they didn't wish him happy birthday? I feel like that's their, like, excuse they're giving. Like, there's probably some other reasons, but that was their one that they were like, let's just say it was this. But let's be honest. If you're Isaiah Wilson and you want out, then fake a back injury or do something. (laughs) Don't say that you're mad because they didn't wish you happy birthday. Because other teams are going to see that and be like, yeah, we don't want that on our team. Like, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know. Like, honestly, it's well, not... if you're a team that wants them, just text them happy birthday real quick. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, Isaiah. <laughs> happy belated birthday. You want to come play for us? I yeah. like that. No, I like that a lot, Kuz. I just, I don't know, man. Player empowerment's awesome. And you know how I feel about it, everybody. I'm, I'm all for it. Players should get their just due. But there's got to be a, a line drawn. And I feel like to go on Twitter and say that you're done being, you know, you're done in the NFL as a Tennessee Titan. 
because once again, this is just this, these are speculations, but it's from a credible source in A to Z Sports Nashville. To sit here and say you don't want to play for the team again because they didn't wish you happy birthday. What are we becoming? What are we doing? What am I doing? I'm going over break right now. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Brent Martineau. But man, when you hit, what is that button you used to hit? Like the X button to, to accelerate? Austin Lane. I haven't played Madden in like 10 years. Sorry, uh, we, sorry we let you down there. Uh, that was a major letdown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, if he gets teamed up with Urban, you know, one of the things I love about Urban is he's going to put them in a position to where their strengths can flourish. He's always done that, and I believe he'll always do that because that's the philosophy he lives by, and I think that really helps the young quarterback. Um, but I also think that Trevor is he's a, he's a really great young man. He's um, I think he'll he'll be a leader at a very young age in an NFL locker room. He'll be able to step in there and. Um, and, and have respect because all these guys have also watched him play and they know the talent, but they also, I think they'll get to know the young man. For as little as I've been around him, I know a lot of people that are very close with him that he, he's also a very impressive young man. I think that it's going to really help. Tim Tebow talking about Trevor Lawrence. Trevor definitely gives off the, you know, the, the classic all-American dude kind of vibes, right? Seems pretty wholesome. Clean, well, I say clean cut. He's got long hair, but like he seems just like a good dude, man. And he seems like a a guy that you'd want to bring home to meet your parents, right? And the reason why I say that is because I think Gardner Minshew was asked a question. This is a couple days ago. Do you have that audio, Coos? Let me see if I can grab it quick. Yeah, and, and can I'll kind of set the scene a little bit. Um, it was Pro Football Focus, right? Coos was doing a podcast or some sort. Yes. Yeah, and they had Gardner Minshew on. And obviously the question gets brought up uh, with Minshew, you know, and it's rightfully so, is how does he feel about, you know, Trevor Lawrence coming to Jacksonville? And what are his thoughts about that going forward? And listen, I, I don't want to say I feel bad for Gardner Minshew because it's, it's the nature of the beast. You know, when, when you go in the sixth round um, and you got to start as many games as you did so early on in your career, like that's that's impressive to say the least. Right. And I'll be the first one to say I, I wish that he would have been the guy because I love the personality. I love the aura that he has. Um, it would have been a fun dude to cover year and year in and year out without a doubt. And he'll still be a fun guy to cover. Don't get me wrong. It's like he's going away anytime soon. I mean, the Jaguars still have under contract. And I'll get into it later about the free agency in terms of how do you handle Gardner Minshew? Do you pursue somebody else? But for right now, he's a Jacksonville Jaguar, and I'm okay with that. Kuz, do you have the audio, though, of him talking about what happens if Trevor Lawrence comes to town? Hold on. I'm working on it. It hasn't come through yet. All right. Well, we'll keep on waiting on that. But um, it's definitely a nice little sound bite. Um, and it's just, yeah, it, it's going to give you a chuckle, to say the least. Kuz, should we go back to the phone lines? we got South Beach Gary on the line. Yeah, let's go ahead. South Beach Gary up. Calling in. Uh, I'm not sure what's. I think he wants to talk about the mock draft a little bit. So we'll get into some more mock draft before I wrap it up, and we go on to free agency. South Beach Gary, how are we doing today? Hey, awesome. Good. How are you? Not too shabby. Happy birthday, dear son. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. And I believe it's George Harrison's birthday. 
Oh, George Harrison as well? Okay. Yes. Okay. You know, every once in a while, the Beatles let them write a couple tunes. And they weren't bad tunes. So shout out to George Harrison. Kind of the, in my opinion, kind of the, the, the unloved Beatle, if you will. He's kind of the unknown one, in my opinion. Yeah, and mine happens to be Sunday, too. So. Oh, there you go. Enough said. Happy birthday <laughs> coming up, man. Thank, thank you. Hey, uh, yeah, talking about the draft, Austin, do you have a, a thoughts on maybe one or two players that are underrated, maybe that are getting the – the national publicity, that, but you happen to like them as a maybe a good steal, maybe in the, a second or third round that could be a an impact player for a team. I like it. Thanks for the question, man. So do I like any impact players maybe in the second and, and third round? Like, listen, th- there's going to be a bunch of guys, but you bring up a great point, and it's something that I wanted to address here a little bit. This is going to be a different year, okay, because there's not going to be a combine. And, like, this even comes back to the point of Barmore a little bit. Like, I love Barmore, but you know what? You know how I'd like him more? If I could compare him to how he handles the drills compared to everybody else. Like, we're not going to see that this year. We're not going to see, you know, and obviously 40-yard dashes, it says something, right? Like, you tune in for the 40-yard dashes to watch the combine. But let's be honest, it's the Underwear Olympics. But what I tune in more, more than anything at the combine is I watch them go through the drills. Because the drills will tell you something. Whether you're a wide receiver, whether you're a linebacker, whether you're an offensive lineman, whether you're a defensive tackle, defensive end, say whatever you want. The drills will tell you something. And what I love about the drills is that it pits everybody against each other. It's a high-pressure situation, and it's one of those things where you either shine or you falter. And we're not going to see that this year. That's taken away from us because, obviously, of COVID-19. So yes, you still have the pro days and everything like that, but unfortunately you don't have everybody under one roof and the pro days are more conducive to obviously helping out the players because it's their environment. They're accustomed to that type of environment. Now maybe the times could affect them a little bit, but overall that it benefits the players. So that's, that's kind of the funny thing right now is what I'm seeing is I wonder if we see some of the best 40 times of all time, some of the best broad jumps of all time. But I wonder how scouts and especially GMs are going to handle it this year. Because in the past, like, yeah, there, there's something to be said about the combine, the drills and the interviews. But like, I wonder how much stake is going to go into these pro days now. And I wonder how much stake is going to go into game film. Like, in my opinion, I feel like college game film is going to be as big as it's ever been before in terms of evaluating talent. And unfortunately, to get back to your question here, South Beach, Gary, in terms of like underrated players that I can see, like, listen, there's a couple guys out there, but for the sake of the argument, and I, I know Brett would say Asante Samuel Jr., who might actually, I mean, he's probably going to be a first-round guy, might drop to the second. I'm going to go with a guy I watched a lot, and I'm not necessarily saying he worked for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but if he was there in the second or maybe, I'd probably say second round, I doubt he drops to the third. And he's not that much underrated. It's just that he has a unique skill set that is certain to, I think, what Jacksonville could want to do. Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore, like, listen, this is a very deep wide receiver class right now. And, I mean, you got studs all over the place. You have one receivers all over the place. Rondale Moore is intriguing to me because he's 5'9", 180 pounds, and he seems to get left out a lot of the conversation. And he also played at Purdue. And Purdue, let's be honest, they're not known for necessarily their offensive weapons. I remind of Drew Brees, but for the most part, you don't think a lot about Purdue and firepower. 
But I watched Rondale Moore a couple times this year, and the dude looks like the real deal. And when you're 5'9", 180, like obviously that's one position for you. It's going to be the slot, right? But I feel like you can do a lot of different things with him. And I like the fact that he's an, an uber athlete. I mean, the, the, I don't know what he's going on the 40 in, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's four two, a high 4-2 or a low 4-3. That's what, at least what I've seen like when he played in the game. This, this guy is lightning fast. And I think if you get him in the slot, you get him in space, that can be a special thing. Now, we'll see what happens with Keelan Cole and things like that. But I'm saying if Urban Meyer wants a game changer in the second round, or maybe the third round. I don't know what Rondo Moore's even really slated to go in. It might be in the first round. Heck, I don't know. But if he's there in the second round, I wonder if Urban Meyer takes a look at him. I think he's intriguing, at least. I love the speed. I love the athleticism. Don't let the, the size fool you. The guy plays a lot bigger than he is. But, you know, to close up on, on the mock draft segment here, I just wonder what are these pro days going to look like and how much is it going to hurt the small school guys now just because – you don't get to see them next to the bigger athletes. You don't get to see them next to the the bigger school guys. Now, maybe there, there's there been some all-star games where you have seen that, but I'm just saying from a drill perspective, that's the one thing I'm going to miss about this year in terms of evaluating talent. I'm going to miss talking about hip fluidity. I'm going to miss talking about footwork and, and, and that pop and the hip strength and all that stuff. We are neglected that this year. And that is a bummer in terms of evaluating talent. I think we have the the audio, by the way, um, of of Gardner Minshew. And once again, to set the scene real quick, Minshew on a pro football focused podcast. It's crazy he can go on that podcast, but come on, can't come on our podcast. <laughs> but with that being said, uh, they asked him, "What's it going to be like if Trevor Lawrence comes to Jacksonville?" Cool, let's hit you. Let's hear what you got. Didn't mention the long flowing hair of Trevor Lawrence, so. Rivalry has begun. Rivalry has begun. Hair versus hair. I'm excited for this battle. I'm excited for it. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, what do you want? Do you want, you know, the guy that's going to go, you know, meet your parents? You know, he's going to be very nice. He's going to open the doors. Or do you want the guy that you're going to go out Friday night and just have a ball with? You never know where it's going to end up. Uh, you know, I think it's two schools of thought there. I mean, could the guy have answered the question any better? Right? Because, I mean, it's an awkward situation to be put in, right? You're essentially talking about a guy who's going to replace you. I know it. He knows it. Everybody knows it. But, like, I like the fact that even when we're talking about playing time getting affected, he can still crack a joke. You know, he can still have a smile to it. Like, don't don't get me wrong. Like, he's still going to be competitive as hell. And you know he's not going to give up that starting spot um, quietly, as he shouldn't. That's that's who he is um, as a person, and I respect the hell out of it. But I just I like the way he answered the question. I, I like the demeanor. Uh, I get it. It's like a five second sound bite, but it tells a lot about Gardner Minshew and who he is. And that's a great segue into this next segment here. Like we've talked about the mock drafts and Mel Kiper, you know, and I'm sure Todd McShay will release another one here pretty soon. But what I want to get into a little more is free agency because that's where you can make the splash. That's where you get people excited. And, yes, Trevor Lawrence is going to get you excited. I understand that, but let's be honest. There's other pieces there that Jaguars fans want to see turn into, you know, teal uniforms, let's just say. Leonard Williams may be one of those guys. Alan Robinson may be another one of those guys. But what I did here is I went down position, position. And I, obviously the only the most important positions right now in free agency that the Jaguars need. 
And then I went to profootballfocus.com, and actually they have a pretty cool tool where uh, you can put in a player who's going to be a free agent, and then you can kind of see what he's expected to get in a new contract, you know, per year and in a total base, including signing bonus. So that's kind of convenient because then now we can kind of break down and see, all right, well, how much are these players going to make per year, which I like a lot. So we're going to do that. But we're going to start with the quarterback position real quick before we go to break, and then we'll finish it up on the other end of the show here. To me, and Coos, you ever heard the phrase, I got my A machines on the table and my B machines in the drawer? No. All right. You ever see Goodfellas? Probably not. You, no. you, to be honest, man, you ever see uh, The Godfather? Yes. All right. When a lot of these movies, these mafia movies, if you will, you put your machine guns down on the table, Coos, but in the drawer, you got the backup just in case. Just in case the deal goes south. And when we're talking about this segment here, I got the A machine, but I got the B machine in the drawer. So with that being said, at the quarterback position, it's not the most important position right now, I understand. But since we, we had Gardner Minshew there, let's end this segment with Gardner Minshew real quick. We'll come back and do the other positions. To me right now, the thing you can do with the quarterback position is you keep Gardner Minshew. To me, that's the no-brainer. Smart quarterback has starting experience, I think isn't going to be the worst teammate ever. I keep Gardner Minshew. The contrarian pick, the B option, would be bringing Alex Smith because he's tied to Urban Meyer. He has experience with Urban Meyer. And if you bring in Alex Smith, you're probably asking around 7.5 to 8 million, maybe a little higher. Keep in mind, Marcus Mariota, when he went from Tennessee to Las Vegas, got $7.5 million, and that was him knowing he's going to be a backup quarterback. So expect the $8 million range. So you either pay $8 million for Alex Smith, or you pay eight fifty dollars for Gardner Minshew. More when we get back here on ESPN 690. We very much believe in our quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the biggest thing for him is staying healthy. When he's healthy, he's played at a high level. So we got to do that, but we probably got to add someone, you know, so that uh, you know, we, we probably need to improve ourselves so that if he's not there, we're all right. We can win games. And then, you know, one and seven at home, uh, our home was 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 <laughs> some of those were here in front of no fans. And then we got relocated down to Arizona. So I don't know what home was last year, but we are we are seriously looking forward uh, to kind of rebooting our team and making a run at this thing next year. And, and I believe we've got the what it takes to compete for a championship and we've got to add to it we've got to improve but i'm excited about that opportunity oh man kyle shanahan or john lynch i'm leaning john i don't know i'm leaning kyle shanahan because he mentioned jimmy garoppolo right away kyle shanahan lynch are you kidding me it's lynch I mean, I'm losing against myself today goose i i know i did when you said both i was like oh he's got a 50 50 shot here and i choked John Lynch, yeah, all right, all right, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I, I don't know, like, wh- the question I had was, why is John Lynch doing interviews? Like, I, I can see, Ky- you know, I can see well, Kyle Shanahan do it. But. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up because it was from a podcast. Um, it was. Uh, He's probably got his own podcast or something. <laughs> no, it, yeah, at this point, no, he was on the um, the the eye test for two podcast. Coos, do me a favor, real quick. <laughs> Look up the eye test for two podcast. And see like how many followers, like you know, like, see like how many subscribers they have. Because I'll be honest, I've never heard of them. And props to getting John Lynch. But I mean, do we gotta start putting out some calls here for Balky? And do we get Dave Caldwell back on? Like, what, what do we gotta do here? 
this one seems like it might be legit. Oh yeah. Uh, hosted by Pro Hall of Fame voters. Oh, okay. So, so it's the guys who apparently are able to vote in the a Hall of Fame vote. So that's their flex, like in yeah, the Yeah, we can't do. That. I thought you were gonna say Hall of Fame players. I'm like, well, I certainly am not that. <laughs> so never mind. But okay. No, it says hosted by like their first line right off the rip is hosted by Pro Football Hall of Fame voters. So that's that's what is, is, is that, How do we feel about that? Is that a flex or not? Oh yeah, that's a flex. The flex. Oh yeah. Like I would say that every I'd walk in a room and introduce that myself. That as you're that. a pro football hall of famer or a voter? Voter. Oh yeah. I'd be like, Hey, I'm right. Justin Cousard. I uh do have a vote for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. <laughs> you mean to get like cards that you can show everybody like That's what it, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. if you're at Costco you show the Pro Football Hall of Fame voter card, like you yeah. get an extra twenty percent off. Man, let me some Costco by the way. Austin Land Action Sports Jackson, ESPN six ninety. Hey, before we get back into the whole uh for agency of who the Jaguars should pursue and what the backup plan should be. Uh, there's a cool thing going uh, called shopability coups. Do you mind divulging a little information about what shopability is uh, and what's happening around Jacksonville right now? Yeah, so what it's going to be is uh, shopability is going to be on March 6th. So coming up, not this weekend, next weekend, I believe, two weekends from now. Nailed it. Yep. Uh, what they're doing is essentially you go out and you support businesses that are providing opportunities uh, for someone that may have autism, Down syndrome, other kind of, you know, developmental differences. Sure. So, yeah, that's the idea is go out and shop these businesses. So show your support for them if uh, if you want to. And there's like over 150 of them here in Jacksonville that uh, cool. that that do this. And, and so, uh, you know, essentially the idea is go out, show your support, shop at these places. And they do have like an interactive map of where the businesses are here in Jacks. So. Uh, we have that up at uh, ESPN690.com. Cool. You can also go to the uh, ConnectableJacks.com, and I guess uh, if you do backslash shopability, you can find it there as well. And they're all types of businesses, right? I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. restaurants, banks, car dealerships, grocery stores, healthcare, pet care, retail, and other stuff too around town. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities there, but a chance to really help out the community um, and help out some kids in need. Yeah, so it's a great thing. That I'm glad we're, uh, you know, a part of it and, and excited to see some of the uh, the businesses and go check them out myself on, on Saturday. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to share that real quick and thanks for the help, Coos. And I think we'll probably share that again tomorrow as well. It's sure a great thing. cause and we're definitely behind it. So, um, yeah, check out Shopability. Free agency. We're back. It's uh, it's apparent. We haven't really picked up traction quite yet because, you know, I mean, the market isn't open yet, but it, it's it's coming, everybody. And it's time to, to batten down the hatches. It's time, if you're Urban Meyer, to, to get those crisp bills ready for spending. But the last time I did, uh, you know, the, the, the prior segment here, I broke down how I think the Jaguars should keep Gardner Minshew at the backup quarterback position. Enough said. And if you want to be contrarians and if you want to be something different and maybe bring some more experience, then there's a couple guys out there. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick comes to mind. Would, but go ahead. Would there be a team that you think that would be interested enough in Minshew that the Jags w- they would give an offer that they couldn't say no to? I mean, I think that the Bears are super desperate right now. But if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you ask yourself this question. What would you get for Gardner Minshew? Right. Now, realistically, I would say possibly a fourth-round pick. Because I think a fourth-round pick would warrant that they expect him to come in and start, and I think that's fair, especially being a former sixth-round pick. But even at the fourth-round pick, it's like, well, listen, you know, you, you have him on the rookie contract, right? And it's a fourth-round pick, but how many picks do you need in a draft? 
So, like, to me, a fourth-round pick isn't even good enough. Because I've watched the Jaguars spend fifth-round picks on Joshua Dobbs, you know, who never even took a snap under center here in Jacksonville. And then I was back in Pittsburgh again. So you essentially just whatever. And I, and I watched them waste a, a later-round pick on Carlos Hyde, who didn't work out here. So even at a fourth-round pick, which obviously it's, it's a little gracious in my opinion, probably more like a fifth-round pick, I wouldn't do it. I would take Gardner Minshew on that rookie, uh, the rookie contract. Hopefully you never have to see him on the field. Keep a cool personality around and let, let the chips fall where they may. That's what I'm doing. But if we look at more pressing matters, and let me get one more in here before we go to break. Obviously, it's a defensive tackle position. And I'm not breaking any news here. I have Leonard Williams, and I have Leonard Williams. All right. Uh, Leonard Williams is the is the go-to, and he's the fail-safe. Keep in mind, Leonard Williams this past season in New York, he had the season of all seasons. The reason why he's getting his money this year is because of the, the performance that he put on in New York. And keep in mind, New York, a defense that had some 3-4 tendencies. Leonard Williams posted 11 and a half sacks last year. Enough said. Interior pass rush, interior size, interior anchor, interior run stopping. Leonard Williams can do it all. And I think realistically, if we're talking about a contract for Leonard Williams, I mean, you're, you're in the 20, $20 million, $21 million a year range. And that's okay. You got the money. You got to spend it. And I think right now in terms of any position, any player, Leonard Williams is the guy that you have to go after. I saw Drill Casey just got released from Denver. He's an intriguing guy as well. But keep in mind, he's had some injury problems. He's up there in age. Um, there's a lot of tread in those tires. To me, it's Leonard Williams or bust. More free agent breakdowns when we get back. What about, what about the tight end position? What about the wide receiver position? What about the safety position? I'll have more on ESPN 690.